Welcome to our podcast. My name is Amelia. My name is Sherrick, and this is Amelia. And Sherrick, what are you doing? The podcast said, sorry that it, that it acted weird the other day. It was trying so hard to act normal that it backfired. <laughs> Shout out to at JZUX on Twitter for that one. I saw that tweet earlier today, and I, I died because accurate. <laughs> had to, had to, had to, had to. I saw it, and I was like, no, that's got to be the one. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, so good. Well, we're back mm-hmm. again. That's it. That's it. That's all we got for you. Bye. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, before we get into our main topic, Sherrick, how was your week? By the time that you were listening to this, I will be days away from starting rehearsal for the island at Milwaukee Chamber Theater. So pretty great. Woo! Um, I'm excited about that, and uh, you know we're still we're still doing adult things that's uh, that I'm excited about. And yeah, how about you? That sounds dirty. <laughs> I meant like adult decisions, like uh, no, I you know, know, I know that's what you meant. Like I got I'm a new sorry. doctor, and like yeah. I'm actually going to them uh, yeah. on a routine basis. And I meant yeah. adult decisions, but sure. Whatever. I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just ruin everything. No, you're <laughs> fine. You didn't know. ruin it. <laughs> you enhance more than you ruin i will say that for sure oh boy all right oh cool that sounds good let's see what did i do this week not a whole lot the weather's changing mm-hmm. it is it was super nice out today mm-hmm. snow is melting like crazy yeah um, love that. and it's I love it, except my head does not. So I've Mm -hmm. had sinus, extreme sinus headaches pretty much all week. So that's fun. But other than that, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the weather and looking forward to my birthday, which will pass when this airs. But um, yeah, I love March. It's my favorite time of year. I said this earlier. I was like, it's the best time of year. I'm sorry. I have the best birthday. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm just, I don't know. I just love my birthday. Like a true diva. You're the best though. So there's that. I don't know about that, but. I do. So heck off. (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. Not too much going on, I guess. I'm Mm -hmm. excited to have my Monday nights back for a few months the bachelor just ended and looking back I realized that there has been a season of a bachelor related show since last June Mm -hmm. um that's a lot my brain needs a break I need to ring ring it out and just (laughs) take a break um so oh yeah I'm glad that's over (laughs) But yeah, so let's move on to our new-ish, becoming less new every week segment. People on the internet may make you afraid or make you want to blow them up with a grenade. Instead, let's make lemons into lemonade. So this is a segment where I find something for Sherrick to see and it takes a bad situation and makes it better yeah go ahead whenever you're ready give me a second 
couple of drives like, hey, did you know that you could do this? And I'm like, I, I stop it. I'm not interested right now. <laughs> Busy. Stop being rude. No, get, get, uh, get, stop it. There it is. TikTok, stop. I don't want to log in. There we go. That's cute. Mackenzie. Mackenzie just looks like the happiest I hate you cat I've ever seen. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. The cat that looks looks at you and you go, oh, you you are clamoring for my death currently. That's what is happening. <laughs> yeah. You would like my death right now. But so this is a TikTok about uh, a, a, a person that adopted their grandparents' cat uh, when they passed away. And they decided to help other people who are in similar situations because they realize that there isn't really a service out there for people who, you know, are going to go into nursing or end of life care or anything like that. And what's going to happen to their cats. So they started one that's called my grandfather's cat and they plug it at the end and it's really great. You should definitely check it. Yeah. So yeah, I know some of these are, have been funny, but I thought that was just really sweet. Um, mm-hmm. So. So. And yeah. And that cat's adorable, but yes, yes, also wants to like kill a, you. Yes, I was gonna say <laughs> the fucking eyes on this cat, like it's adorable, especially like after the first two, because like mm. it's all sleepy and then sitting mm-hmm. in the car together and they're walking on the beach and mm-hmm. it's adorable. But the first two clips, that cat looks like bitch. How dare you? <laughs> Thirty adoptions. Wow. Nice, 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 yeah. nice. So great job, Amelia. Thanks. So yeah, I guess now we can move on to our main topic, which Mm -hmm. I feel like Sherrick has been very excited for me (laughs) to talk about for a while. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about Riverdale today. Yeah! (laughs) So I think how I'd like to approach this is to talk yes about the show but more so my experience with the show sure um like this is the story of how I fell in love with Riverdale (laughs) (laughs) I like this I like this rather than doing like sort of plot summaries or whatever that being said, there may be spoilers, so mm-hmm. just know that. Uh, be forewarned. So, yeah. But, yeah, so Riverdale started five years ago. Mm-hmm. It was a mid-season replacement back in the day when seasons meant something. <laughs> so, January... 2017 and I had been a Archie Comics fan for a long time many years when I was a kid there was a comic book store across the street from my eye doctor Mm -hmm. um, and my parents would take me there after I went to the eye doctor and let me pick out a few comics and I always picked out Archie Comics particularly like Betty and Veronica so and then over the years started going more and more often my dad kind of got back into comic books in like when I was like in junior high probably and so he would go to the comic book store more and more and I would go with him and get to pick out 
Archie comics and eventually like subscribed to some of them and found old issues and yeah so I had a fairly decent collection I would say nothing major nothing really fancy or expensive or whatever but yeah I had a nice nice little collection for a while so I really liked that and so when they announced they were going to make this tv show Riverdale sort of based off of Archie comics I was like okay I'll check that out let's see what that's about and of course it became a big deal and became sort of almost a joke in a sense because it was like not the first but like Mm. one of the first of like taking an old story like that and making it really like dark and gritty teen drama or whatever right so yeah it became kind of a joke about that but I also understood it that for this audience it couldn't be what you think of as the normal Archie comics like I think most people when they think of Archie comics think of like the 50s and like yeah, Americana exactly. and like you know soda shops and all that stuff sweater vests and poodle skirts and stuff mm-hmm. um and having been an Archie comic fan for a long time it it had changed with the times but that's what kind of stuck in people's memory I think that even in you know the 80s and 90s they updated the references the clothes those kinds of things um but there was still a very wholesome quality to it Mm -hmm. um you know Archie comics were still appropriate for young children to to read and you know their hijinks were tame and and you know so putting that into some into a more contemporary teen drama just felt kind of like okay you're making a big change Mm -hmm. um but you know I love teen dramas so I was like I'm here for this like I don't I don't even care like I watched the first episode and I swear to god I remember texting my group chat about it and being like oh yeah I'm gonna try out this show because I Mm -hmm. really like Archie comics and I said like oh my god you guys I think I'm in love and literally two minutes into the show Mm -hmm. (laughs) that that they still kept like the aesthetic of the show really kept that sort of like wholesome small town Americana some of the fashions had some very like 50s 40s 50s references to them and I know that that drove some people nuts because it was like what time period are we in um but I loved it because I just felt like it put you in a different world like it just felt like another world Mm -hmm. and and then yeah just and all the characters were similar but different and you know Betty was still the blonde with with a ponytail who like was sweet and nice and and shy to a degree and and Veronica was the vamp the femme fatale sort of yeah Archie was still this guy running after girls <laughs> and you know it 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 was all there but yet different and shifted and in the first episode you find out that's that somebody 
has gone had gone missing a few months before and then okay. at the end of the episode you his body washes ashore uh from the river the river of riverdale um <laughs> uh. so it becomes a this murder mystery essentially mm-hmm. and and i get it i i understand why that was a choice to be made because it that's a really that could be a really good way of telling a coming of age story of like something big that changes your worldview happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole premise of that season one was just like solving the murder mystery um, and, and sort of coming to terms with the fact that their like quiet little nice town is maybe not so nice after all. And then it devolved from there. that it became more and more ridiculous crazier season two has a serial killer that kind of ravages the town season three gets even crazier and almost seems supernatural but then you find out it's not um and that everybody's hooked on this game that's called griffins and gargoyles which yeah makes you feel like it's supposed to be sort of D, but like i think i was paying attention to a couple of these so i uh, the episodes around this particular arc that you're talking about so mm-hmm. was via staff so go on mm-hmm. so yeah and so like i know that some people who played D were kind of upset about their characterization of it but i feel like they were not saying that it was like that that this was way off the deep end because eventually that became the joke is that Mm. Riverdale took things and just like jumped the shark on a weekly basis (laughs) that you'd like explain like oh this and this and this and this happened this week and somebody who didn't watch would be like all of Mm. that happened in one episode yes yes it did Um, and then in season four, Jughead transfer schools. If this is season four gets really complicated, but like mm-hmm. essentially he fakes his own death to get back at these people at his school. Okay. Um, so and that's as far as I've watched. I never I haven't started beyond graduation. And there are reasons for that. And I will eventually, I plan to anyway. Okay. Um because I would like to see it through, but it just partly I was I was rewatching it with a friend, and so I was getting confused. It's such a confusing, complex show that like trying to rewatch it while watching new episodes is like it's like too much for your brain. To handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So going back to going back to the beginning, yeah, I just I loved the. Like I said, I love the aesthetic of it being like sort of 50s-esque, but also current. Um, you know, it, it felt like real problems that, you know, Betty was in love with Archie and they'd grown up next door to each other mm-hmm. um, and he didn't feel the same way. And Veronica yeah. moves to town and you know, he gets interested in her, but that complicates things because she becomes friends with Betty. And so, of course, there's this whole love triangle. But pretty early on, they kind of, like, put a stop to that and said, like, we're not going to do this bullshit of having Betty and Veronica pitted against each other all the time. And, Mm -hmm. 
whatever, which I really appreciated. I was yeah, like, I can get that. I can grant that. Let's, you know, because again, the comic books were so like episodic in a sense that like, you know, every issue he'd make a date with Betty and then mm-hmm. Veronica would ask him to do something for her and he'd ditch Betty and go do it. Um, and That's that keeps- definitely an antiquated thing that I'm glad that like they didn't keep around. Mm-hmm. So yeah yeah I think that's one thing and also like that would get really boring like in a comic book that comes out once a month or whatever that you read for that's one thing that's one thing but a 45 minute drama every week like that would get really boring (laughs) or really obnoxious um and would show no character growth which like again in the comics there wasn't ever really character growth so I, I really appreciated that and they gave these people richer stories that Veronica and her mother had moved to town from New York City because her dad was in jail for mm-hmm. some unknown, like, fraud, financial, white collar kind of reason that they had been rich and he had been a businessman and now he was in jail and they moved back to Riverdale where they had grown up where i'm sorry i should say where veronica's parents had grown up archie Mm -hmm. and betty grew up next to each other but archie's mom had moved away not super long before the show starts and it's kind of like are his parents still together are they not so there's some like more rich backstory there eventually you find out that Jughead has been living at his place of employment, the drive-in, because his dad is an alcoholic and he can't live with him anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and and again, I understand the cringe factor of like taking these these wholesome characters and like giving them all this like gritty backstory and whatever, but I think it adds something and it's all real it feels real you know dealing with divorce dealing with you know all kinds of stuff alcoholism yeah Yeah, I, i i see your point and i definitely was somebody that was like this seems like a little ridiculous because i am definitely the kind of person that I get my jimmies rustled a little bit when i see they're like check out this character that was like this thing back then and we're going to bring them back because we don't have any ideas like the powerpuff reboot that was supposed to happen on cw i was like what why why like right. i love the powerpuff girls i think i feel like most people that i know were like yeah power like they weren't like fan like huge like super fans but they probably like yeah powerpuff girls was cool when i was growing up on cartoon network or whatever mm-hmm. but like no like nobody like nobody was asking for a live action powerpuff reboot like mm-hmm. nobody was asking for that Right. And right. so it felt like they were like, well, Riverdale works so the Powerpuff Girls could work. Well, right. no. No. And this is why, yeah. you know, like right. I think we read the script on on this podcast of like what was what they were talking about. And it's like, mm-hmm. you can't take these three little girls and make them teens and then have them say stuff like yeet and oh my god, Buttercup is a slut. Like, it doesn't, you have departed much too far from these characters right. for them to be anything other than completely new. Like, just right. make three, like you could have done that Powerpuff's reboot without the Powerpuff Girls and it would have still been the same. 
it might have actually even worked, maybe, mm-hmm. because I feel like part of the reason that it fucking bombed is that everyone was like, you can't fucking do this to the Powerpuff Girls. What are you doing? Like, right. Bubbles is like the sweetest, like cutest little girl ever. You can't just make her like some like clout chasing slut. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Just make yeah. a clout chasing slut. Just do that. If you want to do it so bad, just do it to a character you made up. Like, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. with Riverdale, like, uh, you know, and I, I totally get your point with what you're saying it's like they can't i mean it's a 50s comic it's a 50s archie's comic it literally is an archie's comic they can't just have veronica and betty just be like but archie's mine no he's mine no he's mine back and forth for like three fucking seasons it's not going to work and i feel like they did enough with the characters that like it felt like rather than a reboot it was a reimagining yes and that is where my line goes all right that's fair enough i can grant that Yeah, I think that's a good distinction to make. And it's something that, like, as we've talked about reboots and revivals and prequels and sequels and all of that kind of stuff is something I think about a lot is that reboot has become this word that we, that the media just uses to say, like, bringing something back. And I I don't think, I don't think that's what it means. To Mm -hmm. me, a reboot is taking something and like making changes to it to restart it so like uh the the fresh the fresh prince i don't know if i would call that a reboot per se yeah um i would call that a reimagining because they they made a point to be like it's going to be less about comedy it's going to be darker and grittier Mm -hmm. or whatever and it's like okay well that's a reimagining you you have you have Mm -hmm. recast every single character Mm -hmm. You know, like I feel I feel like reboot is we're going to do this again with the same characters and kind of maybe give it another shot mm-hmm. with some new stories. A reimagining is mm-hmm. like when I mean, Alfonso Ribeiro and Will Smith cannot play their like just beyond like young adult versions of themselves anymore. Like that shit right. ain't going to fly. So like right. we're bringing in new characters. Let's do that. You know, yeah. so this, this is more of a niche example, but it's the first one that popped into my head is the. Mm-hmm the show uh roswell okay back in the day um Mm -hmm. on the wb i think um they rebooted it a few years ago and called it roswell new mexico i think Mm -hmm. um and yeah it was like the same characters like they had the same names but they were different like things about them were different like i know one of the characters was now gay and like you know mm-hmm. so it was to me that's a reboot of like yeah we're taking this and we're making the old characters new somehow um so yeah this this feels Riverdale feels like more like an imagine a reimagining I like that and yeah like if you watch the credits it says like something about like the character like these characters are based on characters from Archie comics or something like that. So it's not even like, a, yep. you know, it, it gives it a little like distance kind of, I feel like, but yeah, I definitely understand the idea of like, this seems stupid. Why are we taking this wholesome thing and making it gritty? Like, why do we need to do that? But again, I also say like, we couldn't have made it the way it was in the fifties. Like it just, it wouldn't have translated and people would have gotten super bored with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. I think the distinction there is, was where 
any sort of like like surface criticism of mine dissipates is these are characters based on mm-hmm. characters from Archie comics. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's great to see Jughead. Uh, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. Like if they had like redone power Rangers and said, these are characters based on blah, blah, then that, that to me. And I'm, and when I say power Rangers, I mean the 2017 power Rangers film that came out that had um, Bill Hader as alpha five, which wasn't bad, but it, it felt like it was trying too hard to be like edgy different, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't necessarily mind that like Billy was black and autistic doesn't bother me in the slightest. Like it, I, you know, or, or that Zach was like Asian as, instead of black. And that like, you know, uh, either Trini or Kim don't remind me. Uh, uh, it was like, it was like kind of implied that they were like, either bi-curious or a lesbian and it's like okay that's fine but like you can't necessarily put the genie in the bottle as far as trying to like capture the magic of what 1993 power rangers was Mm -hmm. like in that in that instance i just say you got to say that this is a reimagining which they kind of did it just didn't land as much because i think that they were trying to catch on they were trying to split the road between we're going to try and capture the magic of 1993 Power Rangers and bring it back around. Mm-hmm. And this is a film for, this is a fan service film for all of the geeks that love Power Rangers. You know what right. I mean? Like right. they were like, Hey, we got Amy Jo Johnson and, and uh, Jason David Frank to appear at the end as people who were like thankful that the Power Rangers saved the day. And it's like, okay, yeah. But like you changed a bunch of the stuff that to the point where people were like, that's not a, the power. That's not Zordon. That's not Alpha five. That's not mm-hmm. the worst Tommy, you know, mm-hmm. all this bullshit that it's just like, when you yeah. try and split the road down the middle, mm-hmm. you're going to fail nine times out of 10. Right. There's going to be one time where you might succeed. But like, I think Riverdale does a great job of like saying like, hey, this is a reimagining. Like we have taken mm-hmm. the names and like some of the characteristics, but like don't right. expect to see like, right. like you're not going to be able to go, that's 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 a uh, Archie number 57 when Veronica like falls into the pool and then right. like you know like you're right. not going to be able to do that shit so like right. yeah yeah and I also will say too that I think like an argument against the show and against things like it is like that you've changed too much or you know I know some people were really upset about some of the choices particularly with Jughead because in the comic books, Jughead is way more interested in food than mm-hmm. really anything else. But he's girls, kind, he's 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 kind of like Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Yeah, that he's kind of goofy and, but I would say more witty, less goofy, more witty. But but always looking at his pal Archie and saying like, "Why are you always chasing after girls?" Like it just look at all the stress you're giving yourself basically uh and so a lot of people took that and said like well you can't give him a a romance in this show because like that's not Jughead you worked yourself into a shoot brother my my argument for that is yes and no that if you know the comics super well you know that a He has had girlfriends in the comic books. He and Ethel are together on and off for a a great name. Long time. Ethel Um, is legitimately a great name. I'm 
<laughs> he also says things throughout the comics about like if I ever were to date somebody or kiss somebody or whatever it'd be you Betty like because she's he's always just like Betty why do you let Archie like do this to you basically like you're always swooning after him but then at the first sign of Veronica needing something he ditches you so like why why are you being dumb and like bravo to him for one. Betty, you're way too good for that shit. But anyway, and so, you know, I I don't think it's as cut and dry as saying like, well, he was never interested in girls, so he can't be in this show. The other thing is too, is like, like a lot of comics, stories get rebooted all the time. That like, this series ends, they start a new one, and it's completely different. Um, there are Archie comic issues where Archie and the gang meet Kiss, the band. Mm -hmm. Archie and the gang have classes with the kids from Glee. There's a whole book that is called, I think it's called Life with Archie. And half of the book is what would be if he married Veronica and what would be if he married Betty. Mm -hmm. So like, it's hard for me to sit here and listen to people who are like, it's not canon in the comic books. There, there's nothing canon about comic books. Like, there just isn't. I shouldn't say nothing, but it just like... Characters comes- die and come back in comic books all the fucking time. Right. Like- or they become somebody else or like something different happens. Um, now in the... I want to say a few years ago around the time that Riverdale came out or maybe Mm -hmm. even slightly before it came out but was in development as the same time as Riverdale was in development was a brand new set of Archie comics and by Mm -hmm. that I mean they had stopped Archie, Betty, Jughead they had stopped all the titles stopped numbering them you know 587 or whatever and completely started over like with new artists new writers Mm -hmm. so if you if you google that you can see that the art looks very different and that the story is very different I've read I think the first issue of that so Archie number one again and like it's clear that Archie and Betty had dated and now Uh they weren't anymore And so dealing with that situation and in that set of comics, Jughead has said in the comics that he's asexual. Mm -hmm. And so particularly because of the time, because they came out around the same time, people were really upset that Jughead in the show was not asexual. And I understand because there's not enough representation for that or really much of any I think there's more now, but five years ago, there really wasn't any. So I understand that, but I also want to say that like, and that could have been a really great opportunity for sure. And I would love to have seen that show if it had gone down that path. But I also understand that this is a show on the CW. It's a teen drama. And that like, at that time, they probably just weren't going to do that. And that's unfortunate, and I understand that. But I also really love the Jughead Betty romance, so it's really hard for me to like. 
<laughs> to like yeah I don't know mm-hmm. um but I definitely understand that criticism and I think it's warranted but I also want to say that you can't sit here and say that he was always asexual throughout all the comics because that's not true yeah and so this the argument like I said the argument that like that's not in the comic books is like okay but like in the comic books he's Archie's been married to about eight people so like which Mm -hmm. one there's a lot of what ifs and oh we did this and never mind we're just gonna pretend that didn't happen like exactly you know it's like saved by the bell man like if you ever watch saved by the bell shit happens in that show and then the next episode it's like it never happened so Mm -hmm. um yeah and you just can't you just can't do shows like that really anymore people remember with streaming particularly and dropping a whole season at once it's just it's hard to do a show like that where things are just reset every episode because people remember so so yeah so I understand that criticism but I also like take issue with people who talk about like what's what's in the comic books when Mm -hmm. like just about everything has been in the comic books. There's a whole series of comic books where Veronica is a vampire. So, like, really you can do anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the other thing, too, is that, like, I haven't been a huge fan of the idea of it being supernatural. Like I said, season three, there was some plots that, or some things that made it seem like it could be supernatural and turned out not to be but I think from what I've heard about what's happened since I stopped watching there might be some supernatural stuff in there and I'm not a huge fan of that idea because I kind of liked that like yes it was crazy and yes ridiculous things happened but that they still all really could happen I guess to a degree it's more so like how could all of that happen to one town or person or whatever but at the same time sabrina the teenage witch is an archie comic yep and i know that there's been some crossover with that show and riverdale so so yeah you could really kind of do anything you want and i also think too that that being campy like that by having ridiculous things happen throughout that show is Mm -hmm. how they keep it sort of comic like is that rather than having these you know gee archie let's go down to the chocolate shop you know stuff Mm -hmm. which they do but they don't talk like that um right (laughs) that you know by making it campy and ridiculous that's how it stays sort of a caricature the way a comic book is but yeah so going back going back to the beginning I fell in love with the show immediately and I think it kind of had to do with like here were characters that I grew up with grew up with and loved and they were giving them more characterization and more to do but also it was a teen drama and I love teen dramas like I just I don't know why I just do I think it's because there's something about teen dramas, YA fiction, whatever, where like people 
when you're a teenager, you're feeling things for the first time in a lot of ways. And so everything feels bigger and deeper and just more dramatic. And not that I want to be 16 again. Mm -hmm. Hell no. But there's something about like vicariously living through these characters that are going through these things. It's like a safe way to feel. Um, Mm. So, so their heartbreak is heartbreaking for you, but yet you can move on. (laughs) So I think not to make this a therapy session or whatever, but I sometimes have struggled to understand and feel and express my own emotions and watching TV is a way for me to safely feel them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so right away, I just, well, and I also like a good mystery because I am curious as fuck, um, <laughs> which is one reason I like true crime, I think is because it's like, well, yeah, I want to know who did that because I need to know because I always need to know. I'm just so curious. So that drew me in. The murder mystery drew me in. But also, yeah, just these characters that I had known and loved and was re reintroduced to. Um, and so right away, I just, this was appointment viewing. It was put it on my calendar, have to be home Wednesday at seven or thursday or whatever watch it and immediately would go on tumblr and just like geek out with everybody on tumblr about how great it was what are our theories just looking at stills and gifts from from the episode um and i remember specifically towards the end of the season there was one night where I was on Tumblr till 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then woke up the next morning to go to work. And I was like, you are not 19 anymore. Please don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think one thing that really sucked me in was the Betty and Jughead romance. Because it wasn't really an obvious pairing and but it worked really well and they had Mm -hmm. really good chemistry and I am a sucker for a good romance so so I would just wait and be like my god what's gonna happen with them next week oh my god well and especially because they don't get together till like halfway through the season so Mm -hmm. there's several episodes of being like are they gonna get together what's gonna happen So yeah, I just like, I just became obsessed. And when I say obsessed, I mean like Schitt's Creek level obsessed. (laughs) Um, Well, y'all should know by now. (laughs) Right. Um, And then, yeah, when, when season one ended, it ended on such a like good cliffhanger that, you know, I was dying all summer for it to come back. And then it just wasn't quite the same I will say that season one is still one of the best seasons of television I've ever seen and I will love this show forever just because of season one but yeah it it went downhill from there and got more and more ridiculous but yeah I don't know what what 
questions do you have? What do you want to know about? Um, so from my very limited knowledge of the show, I just remember seeing a little bit about the the goblins and gargoyles or whatever. And then I remember a little bit about the serial killer situations. Are there any particular moments where you were just like, man, this fucking show, like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Like, <laughs> um... Because I will say that I can't think of a show that I've loved mm-hmm. that there wasn't a moment where I was like, this fucking bit ain't doing it for me. Like yeah. to give you an example, there's a there's a there's a, a a mini arc in Power Rangers where and don't don't ask me why this happens. I don't remember because I haven't watched that particular arc again for the reasons that I'll get into where the Rangers end up getting a spell put on them that turns them back into children so they can't morph. Uh-huh. And so they basically have to like call these power rangers from another planet to come in and protect the earth while they're trying to like basically figure out how they can become teenagers again. And there's time travel involved and it's fucking, mm-hmm. I was just like, mm-hmm. even then I was just like, Nope, this is fucking a bridge too far for me, man. Like, I don't yeah. know how I can. So if that makes sense, like was, I'm not trying to be like, Hey, what was your least favorite part about this? But like, yeah. Were there, were there parts where you just felt like it just wasn't vibing with you? Yeah, I will say that. Yeah, I think, I think in a lot of ways, the, the way the show was set up at the beginning, it felt more like a normal teen drama. Yes, there Mm -hmm. was this murder mystery and yeah, there were some weird other things going on, but for the most part, it felt like a teen drama. Mm -hmm. I think once you got a serial killer involved, which in the end, I ended up liking that storyline because of how it turned out, but it took a while to kind of coalesce, I guess. And I just kind of went like, can't we just have them deal with normal problems? Like, I don't know. Their parents mm-hmm. being like obnoxious rather than their parents being serial killers. Like, I just <laughs> um spoiler alert. But yeah, I just wanted some of the normal stuff. But at the same time, when I look back at like other teen dramas that I've enjoyed, I mean I loved One Tree Hill, but like that had a stalker who pretended to be somebody's half brother. There was a nanny who like kidnapped a kid. Like, so, you know, the OC had like, you know, some dude having a gun and then Marissa shoots him. Like it just like, all these teen dramas have always had these moments that are just like way over the top and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's the amount at which Riverdale does that it that is cringy and has become sort of the joke. And I think that's what gets me a little bit is that in season one, you know, like, yeah, they were trying to figure this mystery out, but they were also like dealing with their feelings for each other. Um, yeah Archie was trying to decide between football and music like and it was so that was cringy too but at least it felt like more normal I guess 
yeah, I will say Archie is probably the weak spot of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, not because he's a bad character, but just because his decisions are really like, I don't know. Like, again, the Archie in the comics was always kind of stupid in the sense that like, he would chase after these girls who didn't care that much about him or would drop, you know, would always drop Betty who adored Mm -hmm. him to go off after Veronica or somebody else. He was often with other girls too. And so that they've kept pretty well of him dating all over the place. (laughs) But, but one of the, one of the big plot lines, particularly in season two and three is so by the end of season one Archie is dating Veronica and at the end of season one you find out that her dad is getting out of jail and that he's going to move to Riverdale rather than than them moving back to New York and you meet him in season two and he immediately hates Archie Mm -hmm. and it's like okay that's a normal thing of like your girlfriend's dad doesn't like you yeah um but because he's also like a crooked businessman and a mobster basically he like eventually frames Archie for murder and then Archie like just decides to go to jail rather than fight it because he doesn't want to drag his family through a second trial because the first trial is a hung jury and like it just Mm -hmm. got to be like so much it was better when you found out that Hiram Lodge Veronica's dad yeah um was like controlling the drug trade in town and was like controlling all these other like larger things in town as part of being like a mob boss like that made sense but him targeting Archie specifically to like frame him for murder and then like and eventually Archie goes to juvie and you find out that the the juvenile detention center has like cage matches with their yeah that and that part I remembered I was like what the fuck is this yeah so like and would fight in these cage matches like practically to the death and rich people in the area would come and and watch these and bet on them and all this stuff and it was just like can we not like can we go back to the days when Archie was trying to decide between football and music please like I just I just can't like that's where it got to be really ridiculous is that Hiram's hatred of of Archie I think was just too over the top and and so I think if they had eliminated that storyline if they had made it like yeah he doesn't like him because again in the comic books Hiram hates Archie so Mm -hmm. like but again it's like don't let that kid around my house and Mm -hmm. like Veronica you shouldn't date Archie or whatever but never to the point where he like you know bans her from him or like anything because it's you know so benign the comic books but yeah I mean so it made sense for him to not like Archie but to the point where he frames him for murder I just couldn't that's like that is that is a uh very psychopathic sociopathic uh response to uh, a teenager dating your daughter like yep 
Yep. There are bigger problems around. Right. And and they tried to frame it a little bit around this idea of like Archie and his dad were like the quintessential citizens of Riverdale that they were like the moral center of this town this small town where nothing bad ever happened but actually was a facade for all this other shit happening um that that like it made sense for Hiram to target them as like as I try to take over this town and and run all the crime in this town that it makes sense to attack like sort of what a lot of people in town see as like the quintessential part of the city um because there's like a there's a storyline where the mayor resigns oh yeah Mm -hmm. the mayor resigns because of a sex scandal yes Uh, (laughs) um and Archie's dad Fred runs for mayor and it's very sweet because it's like he's the perfect guy to run for mayor in this town like this cute little town and this like upstanding citizen who wants to make the town better um and then Hermione uh Veronica's mom uh runs against him and it's totally a like if she can get into the mayor's office, then now there's like one less thing in the way of Hiram like taking over, but rather than running himself, that like that's too obvious. Right. So like yeah. that was a pretty good storyline of how it was like we're going to attack this like moral center um, by by specifically going after Archie in the way that he did. It just got it just got to be so ridiculous and so much. The other thing I will say about this show is that I honestly think it would be a better streaming show than a network TV show. Okay, yeah, fair. And I say that because there's so much happening. There's so much complexity. There's so many small details that come into play later that watching it week to week is really hard to Mm -hmm remember everything this is not to say anything about Steph but Steph watched Riverdale for a long time and would text me and be like wait why is this happening again Mm -hmm. what is going on and the only reason I feel like I understood is because I often would watch it when it aired yeah and then I would watch the episode again that weekend with my friend so so you could kind of just like put it you could put the you could pull the threads a little tighter kind of right but I would remember more easily because I'd watched every episode twice yeah but even then I like it got to be harder and harder and so I think that's partly why I've stopped watching is that it's like I would rather just like binge a whole season Mm -hmm. um and again like season four I remember watching season four week to week and then I remember watching it like pretty quickly um like kind of binging it afterwards and being like this makes way more sense when I watch it in the course of a week instead of the course of you know seven months (laughs) because it just it was so confusing 
And so I think that's part of it too. But clearly people keep watching it because it, it keeps getting renewed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think too, like there's some really good performances in that show. Yeah. Um, uh, that's Cole Sprouse, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, came, came a long way from Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> Cole Sprouse. Um, Great job. Has done an amazing job and you would never know it because yeah like he got into this show and it was sort of like I feel like the casting for this show felt a little stunty in the sense that like for the most part the kids are played by unknowns at the Mm -hmm. time now they're known for being on Riverdale um but all of the adults on the show have been very cleverly cast because of like essentially old teenage stuff so like yep um so like archie's dad was played by luke perry from beverly mm-hmm. hills 90210 rest in peace yes um uh, did i did i uh give you the luke perry wrestling connection did we talk about this i think so okay because his his son is uh jungle boy jack perry for yeah, all yeah, wrestling. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i do remember that yeah um and oh my god season four starts with an episode where archie's dad has died because luke perry had died right but i think towards the end of season three there are a couple episodes where archie's mom shows up and it's like because you know luke perry has died you get it but they don't like say anything in the show and then they come up with this storyline where he's died in a car accident and it is the fucking saddest thing ever because whenever a character dies because the real person dies it is just oh but yeah anyway let's see who else betty's mom is played by machin amick who is from twin peaks Mm -hmm. um and i feel like Twin Peaks is sort of a reference point for Riverdale in many ways. The aesthetic is similar um, and sort of like the feel, the sort of film noir, but also camp feel is very similar. And she wasn't necessarily a teenager, I guess, in that show, but I think she was fairly young. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of what else. Skeet Ulrich, who played Jughead's dad, was in the scream movies okay yeah um yeah so it's like all these sorts of like 90s teen reference points is where a lot of the adult casting came from um and and so it could feel like stunt casting but it also was kind of clever um and yeah and then cole sprouse so Again, it was like, okay, here's this kid from the Disney Channel. We're going to put mm-hmm. him in this show that feels kind of like stunty, I guess. But he has like just really blown me away with his acting talent. I had no yeah. idea. Um, there is a scene in season one where, so his backstory is that he and his family have grown up on the wrong side of the tracks in a trailer park 
um, and that his dad is an alcoholic and eventually his mom takes his little sister to go live with their grandparents because she can't handle it anymore and Jughead moves out uh, Mm -hmm. on his own basically because their dad is such a train wreck Um, and and there's this scene where his dad gets arrested for the murder that's happened and see at the beginning of season one um he's not the murderer spoiler alert but he's been arrested for it um Mm -hmm. and and there had been some things happening throughout the season where like you kind of he kind of seemed like maybe a suspect um and so it wasn't it wasn't unbelievable to anybody that this could happen. And so when it does, and and I should also say at this point, his dad was like getting his life together and was like not drinking and was actually being there for his son and et cetera, et cetera. And so it, it seemed like maybe Jughead was going to get his family back and then mm-hmm. his dad's arrested. And there's this scene where he runs to the trailer that has all this police tape around it and just like busts through the door and sees this trailer just ransacked by the police and is like breaking shit like he's breaking shit because he's just so upset and he's like trying not to cry but then is crying and then there's a scene where he's in a phone booth and he's calling his mom and you can't hear his mom on the other end of the line but he's just like he's just like yeah i thought i'd come visit like he doesn't say anything about the dad at all Um, but just as like oh hey it's been a while like i thought maybe i could come visit for a while and then he kind of says like okay yeah i understand i could sleep on the couch no okay yeah I get it and the whole time he's like trying desperately not to cry not to let it be known that he's upset um and it is just his control over the tears coming but not quite and like trying like just the control he has over his face in that moment is just I will never forget it. It is just like so great. But anyway, yeah. And I think that the Lily Reinhardt who plays um, Betty is also a really good actress. Um, I think, yeah, I think she's, the joke is sort of like that she carries the show, (laughs) Um, which I think is true to an aspect because I think some of the others aren't nearly as good, but I think for the most part, the people in that show are pretty good especially with what they've got to work with <laughs> um they have a lot of weird shit to deal with so so yeah i i don't know i have a very there's a little corner of my heart that is still very much in love with this show um and love in a way that's like when it when it goes wrong it's just like but you had such potential (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah I yeah I now I want to go and watch season one and 
not come out of my room. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I can definitely feel that there. Like I I felt like um, who was I talking to? How a bunch of mother about? I was talking to somebody about that, and I was just like, you know, it's it's just the way that it ended, man. We were talking about it on in in a chat on somebody's stream. Oh, okay, maybe that that's what it was then yeah it was like you and me and other people were talking Mm -hmm. about it too okay yeah because then that that must have been what it was um because i was just like it's one of those it's it reminds me a lot of mass effect 3 in that regard of being like you had so much potential like like when people ask me what my favorite blah blah is i think mm-hmm. amelia will be nodding her head in agreement when i say that i have a hard time saying oh my favorite thing uh is this or my favorite thing is that like yeah. if you asked me what my favorite movie is i would be like i don't know the movie that i was really obsessed with for some time was knives out but i don't know if i would call that my favorite movie you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it was mm-hmm. my favorite movie of like the last couple of years because i just like couldn't get over how good it fucking was i watched it at least seven times or like if someone's like, hey, what's your favorite song? I don't fucking know, my dude. That changes hourly, yeah. you yeah. know? But like if someone says, hey, what's your favorite video game? Mass Effect 2. Easy. Easy call. Just boom. Like as someone who has played almost every single mainline Pokemon game since the game fucking came out. Mass mm-hmm. Effect 2. You know, like mm-hmm. and, and to go through that whole series and then have it just boil down to just something that just felt so like, uh. Yeah. Your three endings, pick one, whatever. It doesn't really matter. You yeah. know, felt like just so hurtful to me, you know, because mm-hmm. it was like that game can legitimately has has parts that will legitimately bring me to tears because of how beautiful it is. Like you sat through some of uh the ending, I think, on Sunday, uh, yeah. when I like did the I did the like modified ending. Mm-hmm. I was so the day before, I thought that the modified ending was supposed to be there and it didn't work and the the level at which that ruined my night amelia i cannot tell you like it it hurt so bad to have Mm -hmm. to go through that ending again because i was like nope i'm gonna make sure i download this mod in time so i never have to see that fucking ending again and then to just realize i was like oh it's the star child and then my buddy abra was like yeah if you see the star child it didn't work and i'm like <laughs> it sucks. Like I know them feels. <laughs> yeah. So so like I guess my last question for you really cuz I we could talk about this I think more but we're running long as we usually do mm-hmm. is it has little to do with Riverdale but more of like would you rather a series be great and then disappoint you or just never really get off the ground? Like it like and by get off the ground I mean like it does well, but not like where you wanted it to be. You know what I mean? Like it does it, like it, it gets off the ground, but it's not soaring. Yeah. That's, that's difficult. I think the safe answer and what I mean by that is like safe as I feel like saying like, oh, the safe answer means like the not controversial answer. And that's not what I mean. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the answer that is safest for my well-being, I guess, is is the one that never really takes off. Mm -hmm. But I don't have time for that shit. Like, So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I prefer a show that's amazing 
and stays amazing and ends amazing. Mm-hmm. And that is one reason oh, yeah. why Perf- I think, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is one reason I think that Shit's Creek ha- I'm so obsessed with Shit's Creek is because mm-hmm. I feel like there's very little about that show that I can point to and say I wish was different. Like mainly just a few like irritation things like fucking Bob. But um <laughs> Okay, but like even but, even me looking back on the the expose that we did on on Schitt's Creek, mm-hmm. I can go back and go. You know what? Didn't care for Bob as a character. Did not ruin the experience for me. Right. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like that's what I'm saying is that like the 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 things that I can point to that like I didn't love as much is exactly that things I didn't love as much. Mm-hmm. So like nothing. The keywords really, being there as much like yeah there nothing ruined that experience for me Mm -hmm. um there's not a plot line that i can't stand or a character that i that ruins it for me Mm -hmm. um so obviously i prefer that and that's one reason i'm so obsessed with that show because like it's one of the only shows out there that i've experienced that i feel Mm -hmm. that way about um and yeah i've watched a lot of shows that i think are just okay um but there's so much out there now and so much that I want to watch that if it Mm -hmm. just doesn't grab me within a first within a few episodes I just I don't want to waste my time yeah um and so yeah I think like the safest answer for me emotionally is yeah a show that doesn't like ever really take off Mm -hmm. but and it hurts deeply when a show doesn't reach its potential or or gets worse over time but at the same time like i said yeah i wish that river i wish that i was still as obsessed with riverdale today as i was january 15th 2017 <laughs> but i also remember that experience of watching season 1 and just being like this is so good Mm -hmm. i love this i cannot wait for the next episode my life revolves around this (laughs) and i escaped into it and i think mm -hmm. that like i said i on the one hand i wish that i was still like that but on the other hand that was not sustainable because like i said i was staying up way too late obsessing about this thing not doing very good work going to school at the same time which was super hard um so it wasn't sustainable to be Mm -hmm. at that level yeah um all the time and yeah it hurts it hurts when there's a a plot line it hurts me when I think about the fact that I haven't watched a new episode of Riverdale for over a year Mm -hmm. and that the realization that that I haven't noticed that until now or like that I don't notice that very often that's painful but pain makes you feel man I don't know (laughs) it's safe pain to feel yeah I I think honestly I would have to go the opposite direction and I have a a, a, an an allegory I guess to make to to say why so my, my a lot of my entertainment comes from like online stuff like YouTube 
that is not necessarily produced by like a company or something like that. It's usually like produced by a person or persons, yeah. uh, smaller teams mm-hmm. um, like MKBHD, who does tech stuff, Linus Tech Tips that I'm getting into, Chris Smoove, who does a lot of like basketball related content. Like, and Steph is if listening to this, she might laugh, but like, I don't, I don't really give a shit that much about basketball. But Chris Move does a video that is a minute and 30 seconds long. And I know exactly what happened in that game. That's mm-hmm. like, he's just, he's just like, mm-hmm. and he's energetic and he's funny and he's good at video games. So when he plays video games, I'm like, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch Chris Move play Horizon Forbidden West or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and podcasts. I love the Adventure Zone. The McElroy brothers, I think, are incredible. I, uh, I started with... Uh, their original campaign, which is called Balance. And to me, that was like the campaign that starts great and ends great. There were some moments where I was like, eh, but like it was more from a place of like, I'm invested in these characters. And so I know something bad is going to happen to them. And I don't want to listen because if I don't listen, then it doesn't happen, even yeah. though it does, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they did another one called Amnesty, which was okay. It was like in that middle zone, like it, it, the, the, the tabletop game that they played wasn't really my vibe, but I liked the characters. All right. And Griffin is a fantastic, fantastic dungeon master slash storyteller. He's incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they did one called graduation. There's some, there's some other stuff that happened in between, but like they did one called graduation and it was not Griffin uh, as the dungeon master. He was actually one of the characters in the game. Mm-hmm. which I was like, okay, that might be cool to see like Griffin, like not on the reins mm-hmm. and his brother, Travis instead, who was, you know, uh, obviously playing was the dungeon master. And it was just like, it was like, it got off the ground, mm-hmm. but I don't care about these characters. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the way the track, like the way that Travis was running things. I just didn't feel it. I just mm-hmm. didn't feel it the way that I was feeling it with those other things. And so it was like, mm-hmm. It was like, I'm not at the level, I'm not at the point yet where I would go back and like listen through balance because it was so fucking long. Like, (laughs) I love it, but it's incredibly long. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was, it was like, I was like, man, I'm just going to skip graduation until I like have to listen to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, because so then, so graduation is done now. Graduation has ended and they are now doing ether C and Griffin's back in control. And I went, fucking yes griffin's back in town let's go like this is gonna mm-hmm. be great and it's been great but it's currently going so i ran out of episodes and i went fuck i have to go listen to graduation because <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm out of either c episodes i finished amnesty i finished balance could i listen to a different podcast maybe but like it, it was like that I guess I better finish it, you know, in case they reference it in the future. So I know what the fuck is happening. Uh-huh. But as soon as new episodes started coming out again, I went, oh, well, I- graduation. That sucks. I'll get back to you later. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so for me, I'm just like, because graduation, it's not, it's not like horrid. Mm-hmm. 
it just didn't do it for me. Like it yeah. was just like it was just like I was just like whatever. Like mm-hmm. I the characters are kind of cool. What what Travis is doing, what he tried to do was kind of cool, but I was just like so invested in in like in Griffin led stories because like he can take a like he can take a character that Justin says is a fucking joke and make them into like a central piece of the mm-hmm. arc that he's telling. Uh-huh. Like just, it was like, hey Justin, so what's the name of this character that uh Amber is uh it, it was friends with? And he goes, uh fucking Shret. And Griffin's like, Shrek? He's like, no, Shret. And he's like, oh okay. And like two minutes later, Shred is a fully fledged character mm-hmm. with hopes and dreams and wants and likes and dislikes and he's got her voice and I'm like oh fuck this motherfucker really just went you just gave me the name Shred. I'm gonna make you fucking like this character fuck yeah. you Justin like <laughs> and I just didn't feel that with Travis you know like yeah. he had a whole bit where like he had gargoyles that were all named Gary and he's like hey it's me Gary and I was just like okay it's a character I didn't hate yeah. it but yeah. I wasn't like man this is fucking cool man you right. know like so right. it's it, there's just difference there's just difference yeah so how was that the opposite answer for me? Um, because like I, I think I would rather, I, I, I would rather like if I let's let's um let's use Amnesty as an example. I didn't really like the way Amnesty ended, but I feel like I would rather listen to Graduation than go with Amnesty if that makes sense. So it's like okay. Uh, I don't know. I just uh, maybe that doesn't quite make sense, but I just feel like I, I would I would rather. No, sorry. I said that incorrectly. I would flip that. I said that completely incorrectly. I was like, hold on a second. Share. Rewind that. Just make sure you yeah. said it correctly. I didn't. I would rather go back and listen to Amnesty again than listen to Graduation, mm-hmm. even though I didn't like the way Amnesty ended. Right. I would much rather go with the thing that was a lot of fun, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And fucking the disappointment at the end, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like going back and it's like, I would rather play through one and two knowing that I had to get through three, than play like a game that I was like, not not that excited about. So that's not the opposite answer of me. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Then I just was saying that like, cause I, I, I understand because I was saying like the safe answer would be whatever, but like mm-hmm. that's not my actual I I, answer. My actual okay, I think answer that's where I was is latching on. yeah. I think my actual answer is that yeah, I'd rather watch, I'd rather watch a show that starts off amazing and ends poorly than a mm-hmm. show that's just mediocre all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because a mediocre thing is not going to keep my attention. And like like you were saying with graduation, like it sounds like you're like forcing yourself to listen to those episodes. it almost felt like that which makes it sound bad and it's like if i ever like get to a level where i'm like cool with travis and he's like hey man i was listening to your old podcast i heard you didn't like <laughs> the graduation and it's like it's not that i think like and i'm saying this now not to just like cover myself and future travis or future sheriff that's friends with best friends with travis or whatever <laughs> but it's just like it, it, i like it i don't love it yeah no i get it I, uh, and that's that's what I think I was trying to say is that like mm-hmm. I just don't have time for things that I just like because there's too many there are too many things out there that I love or could love. And so it 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 feels hard. And I think also too, like sometimes there's just like a chemistry. There's just some sort of alchemy about like what grabs you and what doesn't. 
So sometimes a show that seems completely up your alley or a game or whatever that seems like it would be perfect for you, it just doesn't, it just doesn't do it for you. I've had shows like that where people are like, oh my God, you need to watch this. It would be, you'd love it. And I try and I'm just like, I just don't, I'm sorry. Um, I want to, but I just don't. And so I think sometimes we can't always predict like what we are going to fall in love with or be obsessed with or um, whatever. And that it's okay. It's okay not to like something eat. And it's okay to like, know that there's nothing wrong with it but it it's just not for you i think that's okay mm-hmm. so on that note we could probably end this topic but <laughs> <laughs> let us know what you thought let me know if you've watched riverdale or not what your thoughts are on it if you want any good fanfic recommendations um, <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing i got really into riverdale fanfic and I will say one reason I got into it, I think, is because I loved the characters that they had formed in Riverdale, but I didn't necessarily love all the all the situations that they were being put in. So I sometimes really love to, to read fan fiction about these characters in more normal settings. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, but anyway, let us know what you thought at A-S-W-A-Y-D-P-O-D mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram. And you can add an at gmail.com to send us an email. Yeah. That being said, I didn't make up a theme song for it. This is million fun. What the fuck is this? Ah! This is the part of the episode where I find something wild and crazy kids on the internet to show to Amelia without context. And uh, before we started recording today, I asked Amelia to pick left or right. And I think I'm going to start doing this more because it gives Amelia a subtle sense of control within the chaos. Because I, <laughs> So I just had two links up and I put them on opposite ends of my, brow- of my browser and I said left or right and she picked and then I went, okay. And so maybe then maybe left will go away for a bit and come back. You'll never know. I'll never so know. anyway, this one does have sound and I, I might need to explain it, but I, okay. I'm going to hope that I don't have to. Okay. Shit! <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what? You almost don't need the sound, but like, <laughs> but like it adds to the experience. So this is, it's a car on a racetrack. It's clearly a video game. And all of a sudden another car lands on top of it. And just, they just keep driving that way. And then it says finished second. So <laughs> because that motherfucker on top landed on you, I guess they got first. I don't fucking yeah, know. Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. <laughs> but what, what what game is this? Do you know? I, I don't know what okay. game it is. I know that it's a driving game, but I'm not I haven't been into okay. like the driving game scene since like Need for Speed Underground 2. But like it's just it's just the like the the fuckery of just having a car land on top of you and you're in first place and they land on top of you and the game goes yeah you got second place yeah what a bitch like i just but also like is this a glitch in the game Mm -hmm. like yeah i don't know if it's like if that is like an ai controlled car or what right like 
it's just yeah so bizarre it's mm-hmm. yeah but yeah that's why i said shit really loud it's because mm-hmm. it was the car landing on the other car and i was like oh shit <laughs> oh but yeah that sucks second my ass <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that okay that just reminds me of um there's a there's a a, a non-joke in grand theft auto 5 which has been re-released so for context this game came out on the xbox 360 and ps3 mm-hmm. and then it was released again for the xbox one and the ps4 and has been re-released which is this is not something that happens, Amelia, across three three generations of consoles. Yeah. But the point is, is that there's a retort from one of the characters named Lamar, and he says, "I'll let something flow through your ass." And the response is, <laughs> "Man, I don't think that joke really works, Doug." Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I love it. All right. Well, do you want to tell the people where they can find us? You can find Amelia at Shake Meets World Instagram and Twitter, and you can find me at A Black Sparrow. But I don't really count on me to put anything up because I'm entering rehearsal, and I, my brain has been uh, my brain is the song "Where's My Mind" by the Pixies. So, like, you can find me there. I will probably tra- start tweeting again because baseball is back, baby. I thought of you immediately when I heard. (laughs) Steph was like, oh, they came to a fucking thing. And I was driving and I was like, play it cool. Don't cause a fucking car accident now that (laughs) it is happening. Oh, man. All right. Well, Mm -hmm. thanks, everybody. I know we went long, but that's why you love us, right? Yep. (laughs) All right. Don't. I don't know what to tell you. Except that you are in the wrong place. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that, I've been Amelia. I've been Sherrick. And sometimes you're a former Episcopal priest and you live in an isolated farm with your preteen son and your younger daughter. And and then you've also got your friend's younger brother is a failed minor league baseball player. He's been living on the farm where you've been living and your wife died in a traffic accident and then all of a sudden large crop circles appear in your cornfield and you're like oh vandals must have done this shit and you're like actually hold on wait these are guides or whatever and like lights from invisible objects are like floating over random places and you chase a doll dark figure and they like into your cornfield like get the fuck out of my cornfield you dark motherfucker he's like okay see ya and he leaves and you're like okay this is weird i hear some clicking and then all of a sudden this dude that was responsible for your wife's fatal accident calls the house and then he hangs up and you're like what the fuck are you doing and then you're like okay wait hold on you're like on my property and he's like yeah i'm on your property actually and he, and he like expresses like remorse for the death and he's like hey there's a creature locked in your pantry by the way okay see ya and then he's like hold on a second I need to tell you this is important. He's like, I think the the things that are like around they avoid water. And he's like, okay, well, I guess I'm gonna go to a lake or whatever. And then you take a kitchen knife and you go to your pantry door and a claw hand comes out and he swipes and he cuts and you cut off the fingers in a panic and all of a sudden a worldwide invasion happens and you're just like, oh wait, it's it's water, it's water that helps us. And so you just basically just like fucking have to stop and not inhale toxins from aliens. And then months later you're you recover because you defeated them and then you're just like, okay. I guess I'm into religion again. Bye!